Welcome back to America's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 14. Week 1 of the playoffs. Can't believe it. I'm sitting here with uh, Eddie Brown. My name is John Kelly. Eddie, how you doing, man? Good, John. How are you? Doing well. Uh, Lost two out of three last week. But I'm in the playoffs in two out of three, so... Well, that's all that matters, man. That is all that matters. <laughs> At this point, that's... I mean, it doesn't matter what your record was. You're in the you're in the playoffs. Everyone's starting at zero. Everybody's starting at zero. Um, I mean, the way... I always look at fantasy football playoffs like we look at like the major bowl games in college football. You know how when you play a college football season, you start in late August and you end at the beginning of December, but then you take like two, three weeks off? So you have all these teams that they play a full season and then they take a month off and they play another game. Yeah. And we always it's always like they practice, they they practice, they include different players in those practices. I mean the teams that are playing on January 1st are different teams in play that played, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so fantasy the fantasy playoffs are kind of like that to me too. The teams that we drafted, I mean at this point, you know, who expected Jeff Wilson yeah. to be a football player? let alone someone who's going to start for a professional football team in week 14 and have a shot at, you know, 20 plus touches. You're referring to 49ers running back? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so there's there's a bunch of guys like that. The Ravens uh, Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards. Guys that weren't Out of even nowhere. Yeah, they weren't even close to being on our radar at the beginning of the season in August when we drafted and now they're playing significant roles. I mean, the playoffs is wide open. It doesn't matter if you were 6 and 7 and you snuck in the back door or you finished, you know, 10 and 3 and you've been dominating all season long you have a shot and that's all that matters yeah totally i know who doesn't have a shot at going to the playoffs this season hmm. my man kareem hunt oh wow man yeah uh <laughs> i don't know how you got the news on friday but i found out rather late i found out at nine o'clock at night uh, i haven't been one league uh the league that i was i'm doing the best in out of all of them uh but i found out at 9 30 Thinking to myself, I can go get where right now. I can go find someone else. <laughs> well, that stuff all happened earlier that day. Right. Uh, by no means am I condoning anything about Cream Hunt, but I right. wish that he would have just been open and served his time at the beginning of the season and not right now. That would have been much better. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. Obviously, it was disappointing on several levels. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't have Cream on any of my teams. Um, the one of the teams that I was I was playing this week. Uh, I was going up against, and, and it was the best team in that league. Uh, literally, only lost once, I think, this year. Had Mahomes, had Hunt, had Kelsey, had uh, John uh, Carn or James Connor, right. John Carter. Not they had the Terminator. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, he was that good. He had a he had a, uh, a robot from the future. <laughs> he was so good. He was indestructible. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I went against him, and so I found out around two, and I was going against him, and I was like, oh, he lost Kareem. So I hightailed it to you know pretty much every league that I'm in. Yeah. Hey, we're who has Spencer Ware, and one league actually he was already rostered on a team that okay. the team that had Kareem Hunt had you know done the done the you know judicious thing and and had him as a handcuff. Uh, the other three leagues, I mean, it was like twelve forty five, twelve forty eight. 1252 right like people saw this like saw the video and was like uh i'm going to get spencer Ware. yeah it was automatic um and, and i don't know man this is this just speaks to we've been talking about it. it's been kind of a running theme not just the season but for the last couple of weeks especially as we've gotten closer to the playoffs about how important it was to have the handcuff to your elite running back right i think that that question i mean it's always been kind of something that people debated about i think after this year 
you know, the next couple of years, I don't think there's going to be any debates. I yeah. think if you drafted the top five and you draft, you know, um, you know, Todd Gurley, you draft Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley next year, you're going to be you're going to be drafting Wayne Gallman if he's the backup to Barkley, uh, Rod Smith, whoever's the backup right. to Elliott. You're going to be drafting those guys with your last Sitting in the back seat. Yeah, you're going to be, you're going to make sure because if 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 you don't, I mean, it, it's 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 a difficult situation. Like you said, you find yourself entering the playoffs three weeks to go, and you're without one of your best players. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I, I think I think one more thing about about Hunt. I think that also makes us forces us to pay more attention to the off season. If some guy, gets, I had no idea about any of that. It didn't sound that serious. Yeah, the stuff. I, I mean, I, it was on my radar, but I thought it was squashed. I thought it was taken care of. The NFL didn't act on it. Right. I, so I didn't think it was that serious of a situation. I think going forward, anybody that has any type of altercation or any type of situation with the police in the offseason, you're automatically going to have to put a like mark next to their name in the draft and, and knock them down a couple of spots right. so just in case. Yeah, so it's not even just like looking at like who we know is going to be suspended, like uh, like Edelman or like right. other people that like dropped in the draft. It's more of like looking at what the NFL can investigate later on. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think that, and that's something I think before this we wouldn't have thought about because usually it's it's all they're all out in front. But this is kind of the first time that something kind of happened. Everybody knew about it. It wasn't big of a deal. But then you know TMZ, bam, and then you yeah. find out, and then you find out, oh, this is why they didn't do anything because apparently they couldn't get the information or whatever. It's you amazing know, the excuse. NFL couldn't get that video. Yeah, it's just what it, you know. You can't. I mean, it just shows you can't. Trust the NFL as far as you can no. throw them at this point, I guess. But, yeah. but yeah, it, it's it's it, you find this out, and it's like okay, well, so now we have to be. It was bad enough we have to follow everybody on Twitter in fantasy. Now, if you want to really stay up with the players and everything like that, now we have to follow them in their off season, make sure that they don't, you yeah, know, end up totally getting parking tickets or whatever. You know, something way worse. Don't jump, David Johnson owners. <laughs> Speaking as a David Johnson owner who had has him in a couple of leagues, uh, one of those uh, teams did not make the playoffs because of David Johnson. I drafted him number two overall. Okay. My gut told me for whatever reason. I thought he obviously I thought he would do better than this, mm-hmm. but my gut told me draft Barkley or Elliott. I was going into the draft and I was like I felt like I ended up going against my gut. And I did the quote unquote smart thing, and that team ended up finishing like four and nine. Well, it was smarter than drafting Bell. It it was the one thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I think right below uh, drafting David Johnson at this point. But there is a reason not you you told us not to jump. There is a reason. I mean, obviously everybody frustrated with Chase Edmonds, the rookie running back uh, for Arizona, who scored two touchdowns this week, despite David Johnson getting another twenty plus carries or twenty plus touches. Uh, look, he he's 42% of Arizona's total carries and targets, which wow. is second in the NFL. Second in the NFL still, only to Ezekiel Elliott. In the five games since Byron Leftwich took over as offensive coordinator, that jumps to 46% of the, the touches for Arizona. And despite the week third, you know, despite not scoring the two touchdowns, even though he had pretty decent yardage and decent touches, he's getting nearly 77% of the red zone carries. So... Unless week 13 was a sign that they are just going to completely start featuring Chase Edmonds, which I don't believe it was. Yeah. And I'll tell you, because they paid David Johnson. At the beginning of the season, they paid him. They paid him. They gave him an elite running back contract. They gave him the money. He's not a free agent. 
They're not trying to phase him out. He's not old. You know, they just like Chase Edmonds, apparently. Yeah. They just really like Chase because they've been trying to utilize him all year long. So, apparently, they like Chase Edmonds. So, yeah, is he going to get some touches? He probably will. But, as I've just said, David Johnson is getting the bulk of this – whatever this yeah. offense, it's not that great because it's young. Uh, but he's getting the bulk of the touches. And they have a they have a schedule coming up. The Lions, the Falcons, the Rams, all oh rank my. in the oh my, all <laughs> rank in the bottom third of the NFL in rushing yards allowed per attempt. So, elite usage versus a favorable playoff schedule. Don't jump off the bandwagon just yet. Yeah. You read him this long. Hopefully, he can give you a performance one or two games at least out of those three that that will help you in the playoffs if you're if you're still if you're still lucky enough to be around. Yeah, it's really hard when you're looking at your your lineup uh, and. Some of the starters you've had all year long, but now you're in the playoffs. You're kind of like second guessing certain players. I've been doing that all day today. We talked about that. We talked about that last week. We we said you're in the playoffs. Yeah. Don't just go go with the people who brought you. Go with your best players. Right. Because because so, it takes up a lot of your time. Oh God, too much time. <laughs> lots of injuries, lots of injuries, and lots of handcuffs. Even maybe we're going with that. Right. Top of the list, wide receiver AJ Green. What a bummer! Oh, that's tough. I I I had him in two leagues, same same league that had Dave, actually both leagues. I had him and David Johnson. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, you know, he obviously when he's healthy, he's he's an elite wide receiver. Um, he's out for the year. What concerns me, uh, obviously, is going forward next year. He's going to be thirty-one, and I think he's that's his walk year. He has one more year on his contract. Uh, at this point. Just jumping ahead, if if you're if you're drafting, um, I would not consider him an elite guy next year. Uh, I would I would love to have him on my team, but only if I was able to get him at a significant discount at this point. I mean, he's just entering into his 30s. That that's it, the Cincinnati situations. You know, you don't know, really know what's going to happen after this year with Dalton. Yeah. Um, so just jumping ahead uh, this year, though. Well, the good the good news is Tyler Boyd, number one receiver going forward. It's a chance for John Ross to to you know put his stamp on things and not be a bust. Uh, so those, I think those are the two guys that are going to have um, you know it's going this injury is going to have impact on going forward. I don't think this player is going to come back, but I could be wrong. Tight end Greg Olson. Yeah, I agree. I think we've seen the last of him. I think we'll uh, he'll good go career and, though. You know, oh, awesome career. Yeah, I mean, he's, he was great in college in Miami, and he's great you know uh, in the pros. Um, I think next year we'll see him in the booth. He has yeah, a great personality. I totally. Think, I think we'll totally see him, uh, you know, calling games or whatever. But yeah, he's done. He's he's had foot injuries the last few years, and they they haven't really gone away. This is the first time I, I mean, he ruptured his plantar fascia. As somebody who's dealt with plantar fasciitis before, it's something that never like really heals. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody rupture it, so that's not yeah. that's, that's not good at I all. I think the word rupture is just bad. You don't want that around for any anything. body part specifically. Maybe like. An ice cream or cake. You don't mind <laughs> the word rupture. In, but. Right. Uh, but, yeah, he's out for the year, so I think, you know, uh, that's going to mean more targets for other people. I think DJ Moore, his replacement, Ian Thomas, he's a rookie out of Indiana. He didn't get a lot of uh, targets the first time around when Olsen was hurt earlier, but I think they might hopefully try to utilize him going forward. Quarterback Colt McCoy. That, I mean, there's something going on in Washington I mean, in both – When's the last time a, a team had two quarterbacks break their legs? 
Seriously. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, we probably have to go back to the 80s. I mean, the only thing I can think of is um, uh, Matthews breaking both collarbones. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> End of the same season. Yeah, no, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, it, you know what? It, this is this is. I mean, tough for the, not that our offense was setting itself. You know, setting the world on fire. It was cl- it was closer to setting itself on fire. Yeah. Um, I think going forward, you know, just if if Adrian Peterson can remain healthy, he's going to continue to get a lot of touches. Uh, but their quarterback to stepping is Mark Sanchez, which makes me just absolute not trust anybody involved in that offense. No, going forward, I mean all the receivers. He and, but fumbled again. Yeah, he's just I no, I just stay away at this point. Uh, if you Adrian, like I said, if you have Adrian Peterson, if he can stay healthy, just keep on riding him because he's he's somehow figuring it out week to week. Wide receiver Christian Kirk. It's a tough one. I mean, he's a rookie who, who showed a lot of promise this year, made some plays uh, as part of that developing offense with uh, you know Josh Rosen. And the tight end that I, I can't, uh, you know, officially name anymore or legally name anymore. Right. There's a lot of young players in that offense, so I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, I think the the good news for him is that it wasn't a Jones fracture in his foot. He broke his foot. Uh, Jones fractures are usually there's like a 20, 25% chance that you have to have a second surgery uh, following the first one, which is never good. One surgery oh. is bad enough. Uh, but he is out for the year. So going forward, I mean, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is probably going to get a bulk of the targets. Um, you, I maybe even a jump for David if you could if he can get any more touches. David Johnson's getting the issue is not touches. Let's just say that we've just we've already proved that. Um, I think the next time we see him though, he's probably going to be the number one receiver in, in Washington or not in Washington uh, in Arizona, and and so he might be a, a nice sleeper next in next year's draft. I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, RSJ. I, like I said, legally, I'm not. <laughs> I can't. I can't well, say. A name. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, I've I've worn that out this year. Uh, I looked at him on the on the list today of players of tight ends. I was like, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> um, running back Mike Breda. Yeah, Breda. I mean, he's been hurt since training camp, and somehow he's found a way to be productive when he played, but he hasn't played a lot uh, of late. We just started. We already mentioned Jeff Wilson uh, this year or, or this this uh, um, earlier in the podcast, and so he's definitely out week fourteen. He aggravated an ankle sprain that he's had pretty much all year. Um, Jeff Wilson caught eight balls out of the back. I mean, the good thing about Jeff Wilson that we know going up against Denver this week is that they got killed by Seattle last week, and he got over twenty touches, and he he still maintained over. I think he ended up with over one hundred thirty total yards. Yeah. So even if he even I mean I don't foresee Denver just shutting them completely down. No. So if you're in PPR and you're in a deep PPR format, I mean he caught eight balls. He was targeted nine times last last week, so that's a good sign. Um, he's going to step in. There's nobody else in this backfield, which is uh, makes it easier because it's been kind of difficult to figure out who is going to get the touch, especially with the way Brady has been hurt all year. Um, so he's got a clear like pass to 20, 25 touches in this game, even if they're coming back, he's already showed that he can produce in garbage time. So, you know, that, that he could be a nice little flex. I grabbed him earlier today, so more stuff for me to stress out about. <laughs> Great. I like it. Um, wide receiver Cole Beasley. Yeah, you know, he sprained, he sprained his foot. Um, I think he's – I think he's going to be good to go. I mean, he might, might, might miss a week. I mean, the good thing – the good news was it's on Thursday, so he has more time. Um, if he misses week 14 against the Eagles, then I think that 
you know, will mean more targets for Amari Cooper, which is a good thing. I think that might even mean more targets for Michael Gallup, who in the last couple of weeks has really kind of yeah. turned it on. I heard his name uh, a lot. Yeah, and so I, I think if you if you have Amari Cooper and you're worried about him as a wide receiver three or wide receiver two, I think you can not worry. Uh, and if you have Gallup, maybe maybe he's a, a sneaky flex option in deeper leagues this week. Running back Chris Carson. Well, he dislocated his finger, which I'm sure is – bad for him yeah totally (laughs) but but uh here's the thing he should be good he should be healthy enough to play but the thing is is you're starting to notice like they're starting to incorporate Rashad Penny yeah a little bit more as they should and it looks like Penny is starting to kind of figure some things out and so when I when I see things like this this is just another reason for the coaching staff to be like oh maybe give you know, Rashad a few more carries this week. Yeah. We don't want to push Chris, you know. It's just kind of a backwards way of like, well, let's feature the first-round pick that we, you know, spent a first-round pick on. Yeah. Right? Like, and Carson's good to go. Like I said, you're probably going to want to start him, but uh, it's just one more thing that you have to worry about. Okay. Uh, running back guest Gus Edwards. He's been dealing with an ankle sprain the last couple of weeks ever since he, you know, surprised everybody and uh, had two – straight 100 yard games to debut is yeah um but he's dealing with an ankle sprain uh he's day to day i think he's fine i think he's healthy i think he's gonna play it's just that's one of those things um uh, you know i think the number one true running back in that offense is lamar jackson uh but he's definitely been a good number two if if for some reason the ankle bothers him and he is not able to go or he's limited this week then you're looking at kenneth dixon who's returned uh, last week and Ty Montgomery, they've been kind of splitting up the carries. Um, either one, I think, would be a, f- a desperate flex grab uh, in deeper leagues. Uh, otherwise, if Gus is healthy, then he he deserves RB two potential. Running back James Conner. Uh, it sounds like he's definitely out for this yeah, week. So I read earlier. Um, so this you know goes back to the year of the handcuff. I mean, James Conner, Jalen Samuel stepped in. He got his first career touchdown uh, last week. The cool thing about him is that he has running back and tight end available. Like, he can be both. Someone's it, starting it, him against me as a tight end. As a tight end. Oh, yeah, oh man. Jerk. That's clever. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's what you can – you can utilize a guy who potentially might get enough touches to be an RB2, but if you can put him at tight end, and if you're in PPR, yeah. then even more potential there. Uh, also, I think uh, Stephen Ridley is going to get some touches as well as running back. Um, I, I think the way it sounds, he has a high ankle sprain. That's something that usually when you hear a high ankle sprain, you think multiple weeks out. Yeah. They're trying to downplay it. Um, they, they called it a lower leg contusion, uh, which is kind of the same thing, but it's, it's not as, it's not as serious. So I think he definitely, if he's there, if they're definitely saying he's out this week, there's a good chance he plays next week. If they win okay. this week though, and they're in a good, it depends on who their, who their matchup is right. next week. Maybe they play it safe. Uh, Jalen Samuels is, I mean, they're happy. They were, you know, drafted him really high. He was considered kind of an H-back coming out of college. They're the type of team to really utilize those type of guys. Um, so they're they're happy to, you know, give him some, some play. So, you know, maybe he misses this week and next, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's he's back next week. He got vultured. Adam Shaheen versus Jordan Howard. Man, Jordan Howard, I, I I got a feeling. I was Poor thinking, guy. yeah, I was thinking when we I put this together, 
Like, I'm going to go back, and when we talk about it at the end of the year, Howard's probably going to be one of the most vultured, if not the most vultured guy this year. Um, it was first and goal from the two. They passed. They threw a touchdown, Chase Daniel to Shaheen. Uh, and there were two other times in the game where I wouldn't say Howard necessarily got vultured, but he had opportunities to score right. late, and he could have easily – this game could have easily had multiple touchdowns, and instead he didn't end up with a single score. I remember this guy's name from a couple episodes back. James Devlin <laughs> versus the whole entire Patriots. Yeah, because if if you have any Patriot, first off, no one owns James Devlin in fantasy. No one has him on any rosters. He's not out there. He doesn't even roster himself if he plays fantasy sports. Um, so if you have any Patriots, the last, the absolute last thing you want to see is them getting shut out and right. Right below that is James Devlin scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that's same. it. Because it, unless you're playing somebody that has a bunch of Patriots or something like that, it just doesn't make sense. He scored in the first quarter on a second and goal from the one. He scored in the fourth quarter, which put the game away on a first and goal from the two. I mean, that's, that's that could have been a James White score. He had a pretty decent game. That could have been a really big game if he would have scored. Yeah. It could have been you know, Rex Burkhead if somebody was playing him at a flex, you know, as a in a deeper league. It could have been Sonny Michelle who who returned and he had like sixty yards, but he didn't score. So he could have had a really decent game if he would have had one of those touchdowns. Heck, even Tom Brady if he's throwing to Gronkowski or throwing to, you know, any one of those guys. Josh Gordon, you know, had a decent game, but no touchdowns. You know, two touchdowns went to went to Devlin, and that's. That's just disappointing. I heard, I heard this rumor that Devlin might play for the Panthers next year. <laughs> he would fit in. <laughs> um, Austin Hooper versus Te- uh, Tevin Coleman. Yeah, you know, first uh, if you have him running back at a team, anytime you see somebody through the ball, first and goal from the one, it's just. I, I needed that though. I had uh, I had what's his name as my quarterback. Oh, Ryan? Yeah. Okay. So I need, I need those points, but. I think I had Hooper in one of my leagues, yeah. so I wasn't that disappointed. I also have Tevin Coleman, who I've started sitting the last couple of weeks, so I, I wasn't really disappointed on this one. Okay. But still, first and goal from the one, anytime you own a running back, it's just disappointing to hear that the team threw the ball first to goal from the one. You want to you at least give them a shot to, to get in, and if you have to start throwing it from, the se- from second, you know, from second down, then fine, but. You know, this is just another disappointment if you're a Tevin Coleman uh, owner. Travis Kelsey and Spencer Ware. Kelsey just went off. Yeah. He so did. I mean, this is just part of that. It was early, it was the first drive, first and goal from the three. They threw it to him. He made a really good catch for a touchdown. Spencer ended up scoring later, so it wasn't the worst thing if you if you were able to grab Ware after the hunt news and subbed him in. Um, he still had a pretty decent game with a touchdown. Uh, but it could have been even more, you know, if they would have started out that way. Lee Smith versus Doug Martin. Yeah, Lee Smith. I don't know who Lee Ooh. Smith is. There's, there's been a handful of times this year during this segment where guys have just popped up on, on my radar to where it's like, this is the only time I'm probably ever going to see your name. <laughs> and this is one of those. Bulturing someone else. Yeah, this is one of those situations. Uh, it was in the fourth quarter. It was a strange shootout between the Chiefs and the Raiders. It was like finished 40-33. Uh, this was second and goal from the one. Martin had scored earlier, so if, for all those people, I mean, Martin was a decent flex option last week. Right. Um, he could have had two touchdowns and, and some decent yards, uh, so it would have been even a bigger game. But, you know, fortunately he scored earlier. So Every week, Eddie highlights five players to add to your roster and five that you need to get rid of. Eddie's add and drop posts on the San Diego Union Tribune website every Tuesday at 9 a.m. 
Here are some of the players. Add running back slash tight end, Jalen Samuels. <laughs> That's right. Ken, this is a new slash in yeah. Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, when, I, when, I, when I wrote this on Tuesday, he was uh, owned in 3% of ESPN leagues and 10% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, that's now up to, I think, 50% yeah. of ESPN leagues. Yeah, he was gone from every league this morning. Yeah, so, you know, people, you know, that, this was an obvious and ad. I had him two weeks ago, and I was just like, I think he had one bad game, cause, uh, and I just dropped him. I was like, oh. He was like, no, this guy's not going to do anything. Yeah. That's tough. I put, <laughs> I put too much clout on uh, on James Conner's ankles. <laughs> My bad. Now we know. Now we know he has normal ankles uh-huh. that, that <laughs> are impervious to pain. Uh, you know, he he he's like we just talked about. He's gonna be out this week. Um, could be next week, possibly. So this could be like a two. I mean, we're talking about first two weeks of the playoffs potentially. Yeah. Um. So this this is a a big deal. His position versatility is is interesting, depending on how you can utilize that in your league. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those things to where he's an obvious start with, with Connor's out, whether it's tight end or that's kind of even interesting too. We've been talking all year long, how tight ends are set. So, I mean, outside of the top two or three guys, right. everybody's been getting hurt or whatever. And, and the depth in the position is not really well. So for him to step inside in the playoffs and be like, Oh, I'm a, I'm stepping in for Connor, but I'm also a tight end guys. It's like the weirdest, like not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> that's very true. But too bad he's going against me. So, <laughs> um, wide receiver Cortland Sutton, Broncos. Yeah, you know he was someone that kind of like there was. This is kind of a post hype thing. Once Demarius Thomas was traded, then everybody was on Cortland Sutton, and then he had a couple of games where he didn't score a touchdown. He caught some balls, had some decent yards, but he didn't score a touchdown. So the fantasy world was like, oh, this guy, whatever. I'm not wasting my time with him. Uh, he went off. Uh, he had a season high 85 yards, caught four balls and four touchdowns. He's been making big plays all year. And we just found out Emmanuel Sanders likely tore his Achilles in practice. Like I said before on the podcast, as somebody who has tore their Achilles, it is not fun. Uh, he'll be out for the rest of the year. So Sutton's the number one guy. And as you will find out in a little bit, he is going up against the Niners this week, oh. which is a premium matchup. So at this point, I mean, he's basically available in half of all leagues. I might have to start him. Yeah, I think he's a good call this week. Bonus wide receiver Dante Pettis for the 49ers. You know, he was their he was their third round pick. Um when everybody was like, hey, the Niners need to add weapons offensively for Garoppolo. Uh he's available pretty much all leagues. Uh and you know, coming into Tuesday. Uh he has two hundred and six yards for nine receptions on fourteen targets and three touchdowns since their bye week, which is two weeks ago. So that's two weeks. Uh it's one of those things to where he's a big play guy. Early on in the season, he didn't really have those plays because he got banged up because they utilized him as a punt returner. Now, when, when they're dealing with injuries with Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin has been off dealing with personal issues, uh, I think they're only utilizing him as a receiver. They have nothing to lose. They're you know basically hitting up with a bunch of targets. He's making plays. And this week, uh, a Denver secondary that's normally pretty stingy is going to be without their best cornerback, Chris Harris. So, pretty decent ad. Drop. Wide receiver. <laughs> Drop. Wide receiver, Michael Crabtree. Ravens. I mean, this is tough. I mean, if Flacco was still there, 
And at this point, I kind of I have to believe that they're just coming up with excuses for him not to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think I, I think you would keep Crabtree all the way through. I think he would have uh, not only flex potential every week, but probably wide receiver two upside every week with Flacco. Um, but at this point, I mean, they're they're simply not passing enough at this point with Lamar Jackson under center. Under center, I expect him to you know make big plays in the passing game. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe that's not Crabtree's forte. That probably be John Brown, and their tight ends. Uh, those guys seem to be the type of, uh, you know, receivers that Jackson would take advantage of early on. Uh, also, I mean, he's just he has 13 receptions for 127 yards and one touchdown over the past five games. A couple of those games did include Flacco. Yeah. So. No bueno. Yeah, it's just it's just it's a difficult situation to trust. I mean, if you if you're if you're with the Ravens, you're rocking with the running backs for Lamar Jackson. You're you're not really trusting their tight ends because they have like four of them, and you're not trusting their receivers because. It's pretty much touchdown dependent at this point. Weekly streamers. Well, you were just talking about Lamar Jackson, and he's right here on the top. Quarterback. Yeah, I think if you're streaming, I mean, who's better? I mean, Chiefs have a vulnerable defense. They just allow Derek Carr to throw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I think this is a positive game script where the Chiefs are going to, you know, put a lot of points up. Or put their, you know, I mean, the, I don't want to disrespect the Ravens' defense, but the, at this point, Mahomes, I mean, who can stop, who can keep Mahomes from getting four touchdown passes? I mean, he he gets out of bed every morning with three touchdown passes, just right there, <laughs> <laughs> just starting the day. He starts the day with, you know, with his captain crunch and three, three touchdown, touchdown passes. passes. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and so Lamar Jackson, I, I think this is the type of game script where even if Kansas City does get off to a good start, he's going to be forced to make plays because they're going to be behind. So maybe it does force him to throw the ball. And if he throws the ball, he's going to find a pretty welcoming secondary. You know, they're going to be ball hawking. But, I, you know, as a rookie, he's going to make mistakes. But as we've already seen, he's pretty dynamic. And we're just we're just in the beginning stages. Yeah. You know? I'm excited for next year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is one of those things to where if you're forced to stream, if you have an injury somewhere else, or you just like this matchup, I think Lamar Jackson is going to, is, is going to serve you well. Tight end Vance McDonald. Pittsburgh. At just, Oakland, you know he's just somebody. I mean, he hasn't been lighting the world on fire recently, but in that offense, he's doing all right every yeah, week. he's been doing all right every week. He's not owned by. He's still like available in pretty much half leagues. You're talking about an offense that utilizes everybody. You're talking about a quarterback that traditionally has definitely utilized his tight end, and now he's going up against a Raiders defense that's allowed the third most tight end fantasy points per game since Week Nine, and just got toasted by Travis Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey had, like, a career day against them. And, yeah. And they gave up three touchdowns total uh, to the position. So, it, you know, it, to me, that's a – I think the Steelers are going to be upset, <laughs> angry, and, and kind of, you know, running on all cylinders, and I, I think he'll benefit for that. Kicker Matt Bryant for Atlanta against Green Bay. I think normally Matt Bryant, you know, is usually one of the top five kickers drafted – Traditionally, yeah. he heard he heard himself early in the year. He got dropped by a lot of teams. He that still hasn't got picked up back to where his normal uh, owner percentages are. Uh, so he's available, and the Packers have allowed double digit points to kickers in three of the last four games. And this should be a high scoring game. Uh, both teams are two good teams masquerading as bad teams. I think. And so I think both teams are going to bring their best, and both quarterbacks are going to be, uh, you know pretty amped to put up a lot of points new orleans defense at tampa bay 
This is one of those things to where this is a revenge. If they wouldn't have lost to Dallas, I think this amps up the revenge oh, wow. factor even more. So they're coming off a loss, which a lot of people did not expect at all. Their their offense just got held to to ten points. They got you know surprisingly whooped up on by Tampa Bay in Week One. So I was just thinking of suicide leagues. I was like, if you didn't lose it because that Week One thing, you probably lost. It probably lost week. it last week, right? And so. They're in a situation where they've held four straight teams to 17 points or fewer. Uh, since that week one game, I think they had one other difficult game against the Rams. I mean, that's just two really good teams putting up points on each other. But pretty much that's it. Their defense has played really well, and the Buccaneers have committed 30 turnovers this year. They've thrown 23 interceptions Wow! this season. That's so a lot. Yeah, they, so it, it's like a kind of a fantasy dream for Tampa Bay, like if you have Tampa Bay, like they they put up a bunch of yards, they score touchdowns, but they also help out the other defense too. It's like Sanchez numbers <laughs> right there. It's 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 pretty insane. Uh, and so yeah, I think I think the Saints are a good call. In fact, I think the Saints are a good call going forward. I think they're underutilized in most fantasy leagues. Hmm. Calls. Good, bad. Eddie's <laughs> Eddie's good and bad calls. Good. Start Adrian Peterson at Philadelphia. It was a touchdown-dependent call. I thought he'd get in the end zone. I didn't predict that he would get a 90-yard touchdown. Right. Um, but I thought it was. Uh, I, I thought he'd get there, and that pretty much saved the day because otherwise he would have. <laughs> I think he I got just, eight yards. I just can't believe a guy that ran 90 yards didn't break 100 for the whole night. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe that made him poop for the rest of the night. I don't know. <laughs> he was just done. Yeah. Sleeper Justin Jackson at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean he had 63 yards and a touchdown. That was all in the second half. Wow. If I mean, if anything, I mean we, we I kind of had him as a as a as a flex potential last last week. I think this proved that the Chargers. I don't know. There's they're saying Gordon might be back this week. We'll see. I don't think they should rush him back at this point. It doesn't make sense, but it's something the Chargers probably will do because it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. If I'm them though, I'm keeping Eckler. I'm in the same role he was with Gordon was starting. Utilize him as a as a receiver out of the backfield. Give him a few carries, you know. Give him ten to fifteen touches. But Jackson is the kid that if if Gordon's not, yeah, he takes over. He's, he takes over as the fullback. Get him twenty touches and let him do his thing because he looked dynamic. So yeah, Pittsburgh. that'd be the smart thing to do. That would be the smart thing. to okay, do. Okay, so yeah, expect the opposite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sleeper Chris Godwin versus Carolina. Another one of those guys, you know, big on from the beginning of this year. He started off gangbusters like most of the Tampa Bay offense. Yeah. And then he kind of just fell off. I mean, he got, a, he got lost in the – there's the Adam, Adam Humphreys. There were, you know, middle of the season where Mike Evans really came on. Deshaun Jackson was really hot in the beginning. Um, it was one of those things to where Jackson – I saw Jackson was limited in practice. I figured he might not play. I, I And I basically made the call that he was a good sleeper because Godwin would probably get more targets. He did. He had 101 yards, and he had a touchdown. It was pretty productive. Bad. <laughs> I just like to say it. Bad. <laughs> Start David Njoku at Houston, which when you say these stats, it did hurt because I had him in two leagues starting. Not oh, wow. because of you, Eddie, because it was just like <laughs> the, thing, the thing to do. It was, you know? it was a smart call. Um, you know, it's what I like to say. I mean, he had – Baker Mayfield had 397 passing yards. I mean, they didn't, and, but they only had 13 points. The, the Texas defense is looking pretty solid. It's just, I don't know. He had 397 passing yards, and Najoku. Well, he gave eight of them to Najoku. Cool. Eight of the 397. Wow, what a nice guy. Uh, and that was on three receptions. That wasn't even just one reception. 
Here's the weird. I think I, I, I think I, I think this is the one. I could be wrong, but I think I looked at this. He had three catches for eight yards, but his longest catch was nine yards. Think about that. So, did he run? <laughs> did he run backwards twice then... or something? Wow, <laughs> something happened. You're right. That defense is really good. <laughs> Start Carlos Hyde versus Indy, Indy, Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, with with uh, Fournette. Uh, being suspended, I thought him. I thought he would get the carries. I thought he was the guy that you'd want in that game, uh, not T.J. Yeldon. But Yeldon still had seven catches, so in PPR, he was oh. definitely he was definitely the guy you still wanted. He only had forty six yards. Nobody scored a touchdown in this game. Oh, that uh, game. Yeah, it was. And I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. It was six nothing. Uh, Hyde, you know, had 13 carries, and you would think that would be enough opportunity, but he only ended up with 36 yards, no touchdowns, and he had one catch for a yard. So, you know, that was difficult. I, I thought he would be a great flex option with uh, big upside, uh, but it didn't turn out to be true. Sit. Dante Pettis at Seattle. That's why I'm a believer now. I, I put him on there because I'm a 49er fan. I grew up in Northern California, uh, former season ticket holder up there. Okay. And it just it's a disappointing for me when I don't get – their stuff right uh-huh. and, and and you know but he had a, he had a big game I and mean, he had two touchdowns one of those touchdowns was a 75 yard touchdown um you know and they were playing behind a lot of this was garbage time but it was still very productive he's been productive they're clearly trying to get him targets at this point i mean they're playing with nick mullins at quarterback and jeff wilson at running back yeah so i i'm pretty sure the third round pick from last year is going to get some shine going forward because that's all they're focused on just development these good and bad calls are brought to you by Eddie's Start and Sit Column. Every week, Eddie goes through every matchup. He lists the obvious starters, players you should start, and others you need to bench. Eddie's Start and Sit Column posts online at the San Diego Union Tribune.com every Thursday at 9 a.m. Well, we got some interesting matchups coming up this week. Uh, starting off, uh, LA Rams at Chicago, Sunday Night Football. I mean, this is, you know, elite offense versus elite defense. Um, it's, you know, uh, we were discussing, like you, you said, a possible playoff matchup. Yeah. Um, it, and it's one of those things, it's Sunday Night Football, so it's late in the week. A lot of people are going to be counting on Todd Gurley. A lot of people are going to be counting on Jared Goff and Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and those guys, and they're going up against pretty much, you know, I guess what we call the best fantasy defense, best defense in the NFL this year. Yeah. So if you're counting on those guys, I mean, you would expect the Rams to perform and to do the, the do their thing. Let's see. But there's this small chance you always get worried, especially in the playoffs. Like, what if Chicago does their thing and just shuts that team down? Yeah. It's in Chicago. It's not in L.A. Uh, and so and I, they just lost the Giants, so I'm pretty sure they're feeling right? pretty. Uh, yeah, you know, so so they got something to prove. This is this is this is a like you said possible playoff matchup, which will likely happen in L.A. if it happened. Right. Uh, but it's a possible divisional round matchup. Uh, Chicago looking like it's probably going to win the the Central Division or whatever North Division, um, and you know the Rams potentially going to win the West. I like I said, I would just be normally if you're starting if you have Todd Gurley, you're probably one of the best teams in your league. Yeah. You're probably doing well. You're probably going into this week. You might not even play this week, so I'd I'd be fortunate if you have a bye. Uh I'd be happy if I if I had a bye. But I guess I would normally you're not scared. I'd be ten percent scared. So interesting it's interestingly enough, uh one of my playoff teams is actually a defensive player league. 
So I have uh, I have Donald and I have uh, Cleo Mack. Oh wow! In my defense, so Sunday night should be good. Yeah, no, that yeah. should be a good thing. Because <laughs> I mean, Donald's just a, Donald just is, oh, is, he's been amazing. The real MVP. <laughs> Minnesota at Seattle Monday night football. Yeah, this is something I think has real and fantasy playoff implications. Absolutely. Uh, these are two teams that are battling for a wild card spot. Uh, loss at this juncture would be pretty difficult. Um, and also, since it's Monday Night Football, I think it has real fantasy playoff implications because it's the last game. So there's going to be a lot of games going down to that last last game. There's a lot of players in, in uh, this game that's oh, going to be scary. utilized. You're talking about Kirk Cousins. You're talking about Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen, you're talking about St- Stephon Diggs, maybe Chris Kyle, Carson. Yeah, Chris Carson, Russell Wilson. You're talking about maybe both defenses. Um, maybe maybe Kyle Rudolph. Maybe <laughs> you know, I mean the Tyler yeah. Lockett. I mean, there's the Doug Baldwin may, might still be a flex option for you. There's a lot of guys that could potentially be utilized in this game. It's Monday night football, it's going down to the you know, the final straw. And if you if your fantasy matchup goes down to the final game. It could be really interesting because this is one of those types of games, and I've tried to highlight them this year, where there's enough firepower on these offenses for this to be a fun 28-24 game or you know something like that. I can see that. But this could also end up like 13 to 10 as well, you know, yeah. because these are both two really. I mean, Minnesota's defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Seattle's defense is not as it hasn't. I mean, it's not what it was, but they're at home, and they're still pretty you know dynamic at home. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things to where it's kind of could go either way, and it's Monday night matchup, so it makes it that much more interesting. Atlanta at Green Bay. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, this is my fantasy oasis of the week. Um, it's two good quarterbacks, two good teams that, like I said, are masquerading as bad teams. Uh, they, at this point, it's pride, and, and when you get a lot of talented players, I mean, Julio Jones and Devontae Adams, you know, uh, there's a lot of really great players in this game. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a, you know one of those 38-35 games comes down to a last second field goal. New York Jets at Buffalo. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is my fantasy wasteland. Um I because it's in once again fantasy wasteland it's you know sure there might be a player or two that people are forced to utilize. Yeah. But I, I would say that they're not your top choices. I can't think of any on the Jets. Right? I, I mean, think of one on Buffalo, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so maybe LaShawn McCoy. Uh, if, you're really, <laughs> if you're really stretching it in receiver, you're talking about Zay Jones. You're talking about maybe Robert Foster. But those are guys that I think are going to be maybe more interesting next year. Right. Um, Josh Allen. Yeah, is getting to the point to where he's. I mean, him and Lamar Jackson are. I mean, I, there's like him, Lamar Jackson, and Mitchell Trubisky are three guys. That I think at the end of this year, when we wrap everything up, we're going to talk about are going to be challenging Cam Newton and Russell Wilson going forward for for you know being dual threat quarterbacks, right? Um, because what they've done over the last couple of weeks, uh, what Allen and Jackson specifically have done over the last two weeks, have been amazing, um, and they both have strong arms. You know they're not going to be the most accurate guys per se, mm-hmm. but especially Allen. Um, but they can make big plays. Yeah. And in fantasy, that's all we care about. I mean, if you want to throw for 180 yards, 200 yards, and you want to run for 80 yards, you want to run for a touchdown and throw for a touchdown. Well, guess what? That usually makes you a top five quarterback in fantasy. You know who we never have to worry about hmm. being a dual threat? Philip Rivers. 
he runs like a vegan zombie. <laughs> anyway. He is a single threat. He is definitely <laughs> a single threat. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that does it for week 14 of America's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. We do this every Wednesday from the Union Tribune building downtown. Uh, I want to do a special shout out to my cousin Micah who beat me last week. She's uh, She came back in our league and she's been doing really well. I don't think she's going to make the playoffs, but she gave a shout out to us oh. for why uh, she's been doing so good. So oh, well. She's been listening to the podcast. If we can help one person in this world. Just one. You know? Yeah, just one. That's what we're yeah, here that's for. All, that's all you need. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find Eddie Brown on Twitter at UT Eddie Brown. Yes. Not just UT Eddie? Not just UT Eddie. Okay. I might, I might consider that down the road there. <laughs> We, we, we brand this a little bit later on. Yeah. Just just be one of those one-name people. Yeah, yeah. Just Eddie. I might just be a symbol, you know? <laughs> I can yeah. see that. At question mark. Cool. <laughs> at UT question mark. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, hit, hit me up at UT Eddie Brown questions or or answers even. <laughs> I'm looking for I'll take both, questions yeah. and answers. Um, and also check us out and feel you know, free to leave comments and subscribe, and if, if you like what we do, and uh, yeah, we got two more weeks left of this, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we'll wrap it up, and uh, I'm sure we'll figure out some off-season stuff or something. Like oh, that. of course. We'll have other stuff going. Anyway, good luck in the playoffs, everybody. Good luck. Take care. <laughs>